0: Hey everyone, it's Debbie Reber. As I mentioned in my special five-year anniversary solo cast, my dear friend and colleague and executive function guru, as I like to call him, Seth Perler, recorded a very special message just to celebrate the Tilt Parenting five-year anniversary and to share with us his thoughts on what we as a community can do to help keep this parenting paradigm shift moving forward. Have a listen. And thanks so much, Seth, for taking the time to record this for us. I'm so grateful for the work that you do for your friendship and for you being a part of this community. Okay, here's Seth.
1: Hello, Debbie Reber. Thank you so much for asking me to celebrate this special occasion with you today, five years of your podcast. It is an honor that you have asked me to share some of my thoughts on this special edition of your podcast today. And I want to thank you, Debbie Reaver, for everything you contribute to the world of parenting and kids and to the world in general. You're an amazing person. And thank you so much for how you show up in the world and what you bring to the world and all of the effort and time and energy and heart that you put into sharing your message with the world. So thank you, Debbie Reaver. So, Debbie, you asked me this question to respond to this question. What can we all do to keep this paradigm shift to one of more inclusion for neurodivergent children moving forward? So how can we keep the paradigm shift moving forward? Well, I have six points that I want to cover today. I really thought about this for everybody listening. I put a lot of energy and time into this and really thought about this is an excellent question. What can we do? And here are the six things that I think we can do. Number one. Thing that we can do is remember the why. Why are we here? Why are we doing education in the first place? Why do we teach kids? Why do we have school? And there's this great quote that I'm sure you've heard uh, from Rob uh, Silteman, not Steve Jobs technically. And it goes, Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels, the troublemakers, the round pegs in the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules, and they have no respect for the status quo. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them. About the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius. Because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. And our neurodivergent kids are these people. They are so important. We need them. We need to educate them in terms of helping them become who they are. So the first thing I want to mention in terms of remembering the why is there's a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure on you parents and teachers and professionals and all of us out there. And what we are not Doing in terms of the why. We don't need to focus on the pressure of grades and good grades and pleasing others and compliance and education and having kids do what they're told and following instructions and be a good little boy or a good little girl and just listen and sit still and don't rock the boat. Get in line, be normal, make your adults proud, know your place, conform to our expectations, get good test scores, go to college. All of these things, while there may be value in them, that is not the why. So conforming to those pressures is not the why. What's the why? Why do we educate our kids? What do we want for our kids? Educare, education. Educate, the Latin, the root, the, the etymology of this world means to bring up to lift, to raise, to lead out, to launch. We want to raise our kids. We want to bring our kids up. That's the, listen to the words we say. I'm bringing up my kids. I'm raising kids. What does that mean? Upward motion, up, 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 not down, not stifled, not stuck. How do we bring people up? How do we help our kids launch a good life? How do we help them fly? How do we help them self-actualize? How do we use education to help them self-actualize and serve at their highest capacity, where they're aligned with who they are and what they're good at, with exactly who they are? How do we teach them to think for themselves, to question things, to create things, to use their gifts and their strengths and their talents and their interests, to have a life of purpose and meaning? Where they can serve at their highest capacity, aligned with those things. That's the why. So remember the why. Educate, to lift the why. Why are we here? To lift them, to raise them, to bring them up, not to get them to get good grades and test scores and conform and all these things. We're here to
0: help them shine. We'll be right back after this quick break. There's so much more to maintaining a healthy gut microbiome than eating a balanced and healthy diet, travel, certain medications, and of course, Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at Ritual.com slash Tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's Ritual.com slash Tilt for 25% off. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary of Gotcha Day when we adopted our sweet Haskell, my cat who acts like a dog, plays fetch, and who I'm pretty sure has sensory processing differences. Are you getting a new pet soon? That means you'll need to think about getting the necessities like food, toys, a bed. Something you may not be thinking about though is pet insurance. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care they may need. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. They allow you to customize your plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are because vet bills can really add up, especially when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit parenting.
1: What can we do to keep the paradigm moving forward? Remember the can't and the won't. See, what happens is, is that a lot of these neurodiverse kids are misunderstood and they are seen as that they won't conform. They won't do what they're told. They're being lazy. They're not trying hard enough. They don't care or whatever. They're often misunderstood as that they won't do certain things when in fact they often can't. And when they can't do certain things, they're being asked to do our job if we want to keep the paradigm moving forward is to create systems and supports and education that looks at that looks at the cant and says How can we help them? Not how can they try harder to conform to us? How can we conform to their legitimate needs to help them get what they need in order to have a great life? So remember, there's an important distinction between the can't and the won't. Number three, question everything. If we want to keep moving forward, we need to question everything. So there's a quote, once in a while, it really hits people that they don't have to experience the world in the way they've been told to by Alan Keighley. We don't have to experience the world in the way we've been told to. So the way schools are set up, we have grown up in the world, is seeing them how they are, and it seems like that's the only way. But imagine there was no such thing as school ever. It had never been invented. What would you do to create it? If no, grades didn't exist, grade levels didn't exist, subjects didn't exist, what subjects would you create? Would you do it by subject? What would you do to create schools or education or something to raise our kids up? Now, how can we question everything? Well, I think it's important for us to question everything in, in the education system, to question grades, to question grade levels, to question how the system's set up. But when we think about these things, I think it's important for us to work backwards. And what I mean by that is this. What do we want school to do? Well, like I said before, I want it to teach kids how to think for themselves, how, how to question things, how to create, how to be self-learners, uh, things like that. So, and what do we all want for our kids? Well, the thing I've heard more than anything is parents say, I, want my, I just want my kid to be happy. I just want my kid to be successful. What the heck does that mean? We want our kids to be happy, health, healthy, and successful. We need to think, what does that mean? What does it look like when a child has grown up and they're happy, healthy, and successful and contributing member of society? They're serving. They're aligned with who they are. What does that look like? And then we can reverse engineer and see, well, how can we design educational uh, approaches that can help them be that. help Happy, healthy, contributing, successful people. That's what we all want. Question everything is number three. Question everything. Pretend none of this existed. When you get a gut feeling something's off, it probably is. Question it. Number four, speak up. Martin Luther King Jr. said, our lives begin and end the day we become silent about the things that matter. And a lot of times parents and teachers are um, shushed, are told, you know, we've got this, you know, um, are told your voice really is not that important. And it's hard to stand up to um, big Power and speak our, what seems like a little voice, but we have to do this. Well, how do we speak up? How do we advocate for our kids? How do we do this? We got to be the squeaky wheel. Well, connect with each other, make grassroots groups, make clubs, connect with like-minded people, create meetups, be the squeaky wheel, speak up, connect with others, take action now, literally now, stop the car, stop the podcast, whatever. What can you do to connect with people and raise the vibration, raise the voice and to speak up, connect and speak up? Number five, number five. Debbie talks about this a lot. Do our own deep inner work. If we want to move the paradigm forward, we've all got stuff. We've all got dysfunction, maladaptive patterns, things we've grown up with that are not working. The problem is, is we don't always do our deep inner work and we don't always question those things. But if we really want to help our kids, it's so important that we address our own traumas and things like this. So Abraham Maslow said, what is necessary to change a person is to change his awareness of himself. So whatever your deep inner work is, your meditation, your prayer, your journaling, your therapy, your support groups, your reading books from people who inspire you, what can we do to do our own deep inner work, to work with our challenges, our things that are often really hard to work with. But once we do, it models it to the kids. It helps us be better for the kids. It really helps them. We—I I not can't, I can't say enough about this. Do our own deep inner work, the challenging work.
0: We'll be right back after this quick break.
1: Number six, the last one. Let me review these before I do this. Number one was remember the why, to lift, to raise so that they can launch. Number two, the can't and the won't. We need to know when it's a can't and when it's a won't and help our kids compassionately, empathetically with the can't. Number three, question everything If it doesn't seem right, it probably isn't. Just because it's the way it is doesn't mean it's the way it has to stay. Number four is to speak up, advocate, connect to do that. Number five is to do our own deep inner work. And number six, the last one, the last one. What's it really, really all about? What's it really all about? You might be surprised by this. But I think that all of us would agree that what it's really about is love. Love, the relationship. Our relationship with our kids, whether you're a professional, a teacher, a parent, our relationship with our kids, we do it because we love them. We care about these human beings. We want to see them have a great life. This is about love. We don't often say that. Teachers don't often say, I do this because, well, actually they might. (laughs) I love kids. These are expressions of love, how we help our kids. Mary Williams says this quote here, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You're a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We are born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not Just in some of us, it's in everyone. As we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Now, I did not read this to be religious or to um, say anything controversial in terms of spirituality. I read this because of love, and I think it's a fantastic expression of love, love of that we love our kids. We don't want them to play small. We want them to really shine. So number six, the last one is love. Love everybody. Even the teachers that you think might be unfair, they're doing the best they can do. So if you're a parent and you're worried about this, approach them with love. Love yourself. And parent and teachers approach the parents with love. All of us approach everybody with love. But also love yourself love ourselves. And that can be hard to do. We have our inner critics. We have our baggage. We have our stuff that we're still working on. But love is an action. Love ourselves. And of course, love our kids. Again, love is not just a feeling. It's an action. In terms of loving our kids, it's easier said than done sometimes because we can get lost in in all of the uh, static but loving our kids, I, what I want to ta- say about that is to remember to play, to laugh, to joke, to connect with our, our children, to listen to them, to daydream with them, to accept them 100% with unconditional positive regard. Love is an act. Connect, 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 play, joy, connect. Don't forget to spend time. These, these kids, these neurodiverse kids, all kids, you know, they grow up so fast, so fast. And time is so precious and all the time with them to connect. And again, there's so much static and clutter and, and noise in the periphery. Pressure, as I started talking about in this discussion today. Pressures with grades and compliance and kids doing what they're told and following instructions and be be a good little boy or girl and pressure to sit still and not rock, not rock the boat and make people proud and all those pressures. How important are those? Really. When it comes down to it, it's the time. So my last encouragement is to make time to play and connect. Today, with your child. My name is Seth Proler. I'm an executive function coach. I help struggling students navigate this thing called education so they can have a great life. That's why I do this. And I want to thank again Debbie Reaper for her contribution. Take care, everybody. Be well. Go connect. Go play. Take care.
2: Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place.